Uh, welcome, DMB crew. So this is the aftermath, right? Biden won. Trump, eat a dick. Eat 10 dicks. All of your supporters, uh, y'all have gone quiet. Real quiet. What happened with all that rah-rah with the guns? Okay. Anyway, so we're at the aftermath, and uh, we're going to break down just some shit that occurred to each of us uh, during and after this election. We the best music! so to speak. What will King. that bring? Oh, <laughs> don't sleep on our new Queen Harris. Fact. Yes, Queen Harris. A lot of people are excited about Queen, Queen for real, too. And yeah, yeah, she's, you know what? We're going to see what she does. We're going to see what she does. We're going to see if she rectifies her past transgressions in terms of the massive incarceration for minor drug offenses. So I'm going to talk on drugs right now. It's so my first point. To that end, is usual. And Oregon lost its fucking mind. <laughs> did they? I, did? Do, uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. So right? explain what explain what happened. Hard drugs. Explain what happened. Hard drugs, and that's not to say like I don't know heroin. Even though I'm pretty sure heroin was also decriminalized, but also crack cocaine, the smokable form of cocaine. What does this mean? It means Denver has been deposed as the most drug-friendly area in the U.S. now. Damn so maybe it. you can all fucking move to Oregon and get lost in the fucking woods on your mushrooms. Hey, uh, mushrooms have been decriminalized in, in, in Denver. In Denver, oh, wow. yes. It was like two years now? But we noticed ever since Denver was loose and then now even looser on drug laws, the influx of people that have been moving here, right? Naturally. So will that happen to Oregon? Who knows? Uh, I don't really think they have the infrastructure to support something like that because they're probably too busy making moonshine and fucking their cousins in the mountains. <laughs> in Oregon? But, yeah. As for the, the civilized por por portions of Oregon, rather, uh, I think Man, they're going to have a lot to deal with. But I think that they can use this as a litmus test if this is really, really working. Because if you allow access to the drugs people have always wanted anyway... Spain actually did this as a study. They don't freak out. The crime rates drop, right? And people are generally more accepting of what it is to come because the richest organizations in the world, let's face it, none of them are legal. <laughs> none of them. None of them Cartels are, what? are the richest organizations in the world. Oh. Yeah, so if you siphon off the revenue that they normally make yeah. and now tax it. <laughs> well, so... There needs to be a distinction here. Decriminalize, decriminalize is not the same as legal. It's not like, the same as legal. But in people's heads, in the colloquial sense, the layman thinks legal. Legal. Yeah. Right? So we're talking about this in terms of what normal people think. 
How can it? So that does decriminalize mean that it can never be criminalized? Well, it, no, actually, it could again. It, it would have to again if they voted. New, yeah, if they voted. Yeah, but no, right. I'm saying like, but I'm saying in practice that you could never go to jail for no possession or use of this drug. No, that's not 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 no. what it means. So um, that's not what it means. It, it's talking about certain amounts. Yeah, selling coke is not like decriminalized. That's still a, a federal offense. Still so illegal. Um, yeah. But using but, it is well, not no using it's probably it may still be well. It's like it's like having small amounts of it as long as you don't have you don't get caught with the intent to sell. What decriminalization? Let me just be clear here what decriminalization actually means uh to adam's point is if you are found not utilizing the drug and under a certain threshold amount wise with the drug that it is not a jailable offense that's what decriminalization means so, so I'm, I'm curious then uh tyle you start what what do you think how do you think this will impact oregon's just culture and behavior i mean you know, we can start with Oregon and we can move to society. So, I mean, there's, this is a general trend, right? First when I saw it, I was like, what? You know, but then I remember that Portland is in Oregon and yeah, we all know Portland is a... Uh, Portland's dope. dope Portland's spot. super progressive. They're, super they're really bold. I don't think it's going to be a good thing, honestly. I don't think really? altogether it's going to yeah. be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because heroin and cocaine, like that's what that article said. Heroin so and cocaine. Yeah. And I might be sounding, you know, ultra conservative and old school in saying this, but those have different addictive qualities and properties than like, you know, what we're used to in, in Denver, Colorado and effects. I mean, the effects that detrimental has effects. on you. So, very detrimental effects. So, um, I, don't I, think, I mean, it's not going to, I got to follow going to decrease. You. Yeah. So, go ahead. I, that's what I want to ask. Do you think it's going to increase de or decrease use or will use be the same? I don't think it's going to decrease use. See, I, <laughs> like, I understand the philosophy of that, that, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. I think the philosophy of that is, is kind of like, it's almost baseless that, Oh, like use decreases with uh, decriminalization. I don't think it, especially because the use is already there. Right. And if something's already addicting, it doesn't matter if it's legal or illegal. You now want it. And I just like, in I practice, think... what we know it's going to decrease is the incarceration rate. I think that's all we know it's going to decrease. So the, the positive is going to be that there's going to be less people in prisons and less tax money is going to be going to taking care of prisoners, which is not, that's not that we are know about that whole cycle. It's not a good thing. We need to, there needs to be solutions there. And maybe this is on the road to the solution for, for the prison industrial complex and kind of solving that problem. I'm with it, right? It's like, you know, you do you do this measure, and then you can do a further measure measure to cut to kind of compensate for for the the harm this may cause. So, like, I'm with that part. There's less like senseless criminalization um, and jailing of people, right? Because jailing someone who's on, addicted on a drug is just kind of stupid. Like, what does that do? Yeah, like that's not addiction um, is a very serious. It's a psychological. It's a very serious issue, and it's, it's something that becomes psychological away from. It's a disease. From, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it goes, a, it goes from like the conscious depression. to the subconscious. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know? It moves from the to the from the conscious to the subconscious. Something you can all you no longer can control. Um, but I think again, that problem will still persist. Of these are addictive drugs. that are seeing a lot of demand in the market. Ergo, the supply <laughs> is there. You know, part of the solution is how do you find and kill the supply if that's what you want to do, or how do you, how do you isolate it, how do you control that, whatever. And it, this may help with control controlling the supply as well. So there's a lot of branches to talk about. Okay, so but at the end of the day, these are highly addictive substances 
that we have an opioid ec- uh, epidemic in the United States that was recorded like five years ago or something like that. So it's an, we have an official epidemic. So I understand them taking these steps to try to like resolve the epidemic. But these are highly addictive substances that people are using at mass. Okay. And that's not going to go away by telling them it's okay to use it at mass. So you're, you're, I'll, give like, I'll get, I'll get a, I'll get a one minute point in here. So I, I think this is a very positive thing. Um, good, and good. the reason is, is because this, uh, these drugs have, have, have been used very, very often in lower income communities. Um, and, and, you know, there are people that will disagree with me out there, but I'm pretty sure I can claim this as fact that, that a lot of these drugs were, were, intentionally put into these lower income communities by by police by by government people to, in order to to ruin them and to rupture them and to con- have control over society uh, right. and yeah crack almost and, destroyed dc 100 yeah. i agree with that and, and so so i i think what this is going to do is help lower income communities because this is like we, you talked about with with jailing people you know, we're, we're jail does prison does absolutely nothing when it comes to when it comes to rehab and, and getting through addiction. You know, addiction is not not the only issue. Another part of the issue is is like uh, which groups of people are, are using these substances and, and where did that come from? And and it, it has been in lower income communities, which are a lot of times people of color. And so so these things have have, you know, destroyed these communities in some sense. So I'm saying I'm saying like like. Cocaine is a pretty rich drug, though. It, co- cocaine crack. is, but crack, crack is, is crack is, is crack is is yeah yeah yeah. And crack is what was decriminalized. Yeah, crack or, was. I don't think. Cocaine. Yeah, I don't think cocaine, cocaine was. Oh, not. you sure about that? Yes. Um. So so strictly crack and not cocaine. Yes. That would make sense. Wow. That would make sense. So yes. okay. So that's that's different. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. so to me. This is this is a helpful thing because we're we're starting to to now uh, basically like peel back like one of the the main issues with drugs here, which is which is which communities does it affect um, because because of like circumstances and what has been placed there and starting to starting to look at basically like um, uh, not targeting specific communities anymore because of this drug. As my last point, I think. I mean, you both have very good points, Tile, to your credit. These are hard drugs with varying addiction rates, right? There is something you get addicted to. You can get addicted to drinking. That's alcoholism. You hit dope once, you're addicted. <laughs> this is how Here's it goes neurologically. Because so, you got to think about it in parallel. Like, sorry to cut you off. Like, alcohol was also legalized. People drink it mass, but alcohol is, you know, well that's you know we could have that conversation but to the point that you're making right they have different levels of kind of like effects on you as a person if i you know if i go out and drink one night and i get you know fucked up okay like halfway through the next day i'll be good to go good for you it takes me like three days now holy shit (laughs) gotta check that liver bro yeah right (laughs) yeah i've destroyed yeah go ahead and also i think this is a step forward when it comes to race relations very true. I agree. And that was going to be my finishing point. I think Oregon is brave to have done this because they can serve as a test for various things. They can serve as a test for relief and drug rehab facilitation. And they can serve as a test 
for the overall effect of decriminalization, right? Not only from a social standpoint, but also from an anthropological aspect, right? How is How are people going to react to this news? And also in a tertiary benefit for nationwide legalization of marijuana, which is an important thing. It is a super, super, super important thing because I mean, there are so many barriers to entry now that people don't think of. And you have places like Chicago. Chicago has a program called R3, which is by essentially the gold standard for states looking to roll out marijuana, right? And they offer things like, you know, a certain amount of months or even years rent-free, as well as a certain percentage of the people getting these grants and these licenses to deal in marijuana being from certain neighborhoods or impoverished or people of color. Like, they mandate that. And that is a super important thing because look at the barriers to entry. Like, previously, you couldn't have any marijuana-related criminal record. Right. So getting, getting, getting caught with some marijuana, you can't open a dispensary. What the hell is that? You couldn't get a job, you know? You could, yeah, you couldn't get a job. Like, Chilling. these are steps in the right direction, especially for making a drug that, not even a drug, a plant that truly has nothing but a benefit more accessible. Yeah. You know, if, if you've got a drug-related offense of a hard drug, on your criminal record, it's really tough to get a job. Even if it was like one time caught with something like- Caught with an ounce. Yeah, for, for that to limit somebody's, the rest of their life because that, you know, and, and there's a lot of these people in lower income communities, it's like, it's like, okay, I didn't have the money to go get an education. I have been living on a minimum wage job, but nobody's, nobody, somebody's telling me if I sell, if I sell one bag of this, or if I sell like this for four hours, I'm gonna make, I'm going to make 600 bucks where otherwise I make 30 bucks at McDonald's. Like, yeah. like, yeah, people are going to sell it and, and, and then people are going to use it because like it, it's, it's for some people, it is like the obvious, like simplest way to get out of poverty and get out of a, a life threatening situation immediately, even though like, yeah, it's obviously dangerous to do, but like, you know, people, people don't, people sell this a lot of times for their own survival, for their own family, for them to, yeah, yeah. to feed their kids. That's you know, true. it's the hood economy. It's yeah. what was forced upon the hood. Yes. Just like you said, if you present somebody with a choice, go work at McDonald's if you can and take home $60 a day or sling dope on the corner and make $1,000 in a day and pay rent, feed your family. Yeah. You know, your brother's incarcerated. Yeah. You what would you do? You take care of your sister. Yeah. Your what mother's you not do? working. I yeah. go work, work they will never not McDonald's. Yeah, they will never take the McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all of you out there that are like, well, you know, you got to work your way up and pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You got to understand, not not everyone <laughs> coming from a place of privilege. Yeah, it is. That's a privileged statement. Not everyone has that same opportunity to. Not do everybody it. has bootstraps. Yeah, not everyone has bootstraps. Yeah. Right? Some niggas got slides. All right, next next uh, topic. <laughs> all right, I'll hit you the next one. This one, this one was. Uh, this one wasn't. Overly surprising to me, but I think interesting one is that Florida, speaking of, of minimum wage working at McDonald's, Florida raised the minimum wage from seven twenty five an hour to $15 an hour. Um, yeah. I, uh, and it's an interesting topic. And I'll, I'll give my thoughts and I'll pass off to one of you. So first of all, uh, 
10 years ago when I got my first job at like 16 at Dairy Queen, I was making 725 an hour. So it's, it's been that for a, for a long time in a lot of, in a lot of States. And, and you know, the, 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 the question that a lot of people have about the people that are maybe not for this is like, well, you know, now does this, it basically goes directly against what we call the trickle down effect. Right. Which, which uh, a lot of people believe in. And I, I, it doesn't the trickle down economics. Trickle down economics is basically giving, putting, putting uh, more money in the hands of the, the rich um, mm-hmm. uh, tax breaks to the rich in, in the theory that they will then use the additional money to the create surplus. Class, yes. To, to take pay, care of lower class to pay. Yeah. To take care of lower class, to pay people more good. However, that means, the, you know, when, when you say that, that means that you're ignoring the idea that maybe some of these rich people are pretty greedy and don't want to use additional monetary benefits to uh, help others and, and use it for themselves. And, and I think that's where trickle-down economics, it, the econ theory part of it, it just doesn't include the, the psychology, the psychology of, of humans and proof that trickle-down doesn't work. Um, and, I, and, and I'm not saying it could... It will never work, but we have to be a more advanced species in, or, in order for it to truly mechanically work like it's supposed to. But we have to be more empathetic species. Yes. The, the proof is that, and I have this study right up here, right up on my screen here. In 1950, hey, resource. in 1950, this is, from a, this is from a .org, in 1950, the minimum wage was just over $5, and that equaled, if you could track productivity from an individual, it equaled the same amount of productivity. So minimum wage was, was equal to the amount of productivity a human puts out into the world. Now, if you track productivity, product, productivity is just shy of $25 an hour. Minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. So minimum wage has gone up $2 where productivity has gone up $20. Has that change in 70 years? Yeah. The trickle down has not trickled down. And if it would have, then, then minimum wage you would assume would have been raised. Uh, it should have been raised because that rate of increase, that minimum wage has gone up, has not matched the rate of general goods. So a loaf of bread is now somewhere between $1.87 and $2.25. Yep. Meanwhile, back then in 1950, it was a quarter. So the cost of living has gone way up. The minimum wage has gone a tiny bit up. Is that, is that fair? Like, obviously not. It's, Mortgages uh, were $300. Should the minimum wage be a livable wage? Because right now in a lot of states, it's not. Florida just made it a livable wage. And some other states are. But seven twenty-five an hour is not enough to, to live on. Unless you're like literally in the Depends middle of nowhere. Families can't afford health care. They can't afford life insurance. Any of that stuff that you maybe have that you get from your employer. They're not, they don't have any of that stuff. So if you get sick, you literally cannot get help. You literally cannot do anything about it. You know, yeah. so... so you, you got to recognize yeah. the cycle of poverty and how difficult it is to get out of it if you haven't been in it. So my concern is the fear of the Republican or the conservative when it comes to um, what that's going to do with the influx of money. Say what? What that's going to do with the economy with the influx of money? Because that's what it's going to. It's going to result in inflation. It will. Inflation, one hundred percent. Yeah. But, so that is my concern. Is that um, it will because it's like. The reason why trickle-down economics doesn't work is the same reason why increasing minimum wage may not work, right? It all boils down to who's in power and what's their incentive, you know? Sure. I'm not really trying to get to, you know, the, these are just presenting problems without solution, right? But it's like, 
the problem with it is, yeah, you've now increased minimum wage, but now guess what? Prices are going to hike on everything in Florida, right? Things that are touched and affect and that affect the minimum wage worker, which is a lot of things. The CEO, the man in charge, the head honcho. Or the woman in charge. Or woman in charge. We're getting much closer to that, that ultimate glass ceiling being busted the fuck up. The man or woman in charge, right? Head honcho wants to keep the dollar in their back pocket. I don't think women would have this issue, by the way. I don't know. I feel like women CEOs aren't greedy, but that's maybe a subject for another day. But they really are. Yeah, they want to keep the dollar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just get that feeling that it's because a lot of CEOs are men that we have this issue because we're just greedy fucks. It's true. So they want to keep their dollars in their back pockets, right? So it's like, and because of that, they're going the reflection may still be there. The reason why, you know, like, they're not giving their workers increase is the reason why they're going to heighten the price or put the stress on the consumer for the margins that they want based on their greed. Now, if minimum, if the minimum wage increase is coupled by some sort of regulation to keep that from happening, which I don't know if it is, then kudos. But if yeah. not, it seems like the problem still persists. I think they're not worried about it simply because it's Florida. Florida's a big state. And contributes a lot to the GDP. But I'm pretty sure they've made this with regards to a margin of error with where inflation would not be too bad. I think I, that's what compelled them to make a decision like this because it was long overdue. Go ahead. 15 is like some magic number. I think, well, it, it, has, it has been as of recent. To me, it's like we haven't been raising it as we should have, and now we're, we're correcting. And unfortunately, uh, the correction has to be big in order to catch up to where we should be. Uh, yep. But, but, and, but that means to Tayo's point, it's going to come with some, some shock to the economy. And for small businesses, it's going to be tough. If you're paying 10 people and all of a sudden you're, you know, at, at, at the end of two weeks, you're, you're doubling your expense in terms of, of paying people. That's a tough thing to, to change overnight for corporations. Yep. I think this is really good, especially those that are employing people at minimum wage because they have the funds in order to do that. But, yeah, yeah, but are they going to admit to those funds, though? These large, like Amazon still paid zero dollars in taxes. So these I'm saying try and fight it. To admit to any funds that they have. Well, I'm saying now. They're going to try and fight it, but it's not going to be their choice. Yeah, right. They, they don't have, they're legally forced they're legally, to now pay. They're legally obliged to do that. Yeah. Well, forced to do that or else they can't do business in that state. It's that simple. You'll need to pay a worker that. It's yeah. not their choice. Yeah. So, so that means for the, for the struggling small business, this is going to be a challenge. If you, if you employ people at seven twenty five an hour, if you, um, it also, another challenge with it is now that we're bumping up minimum wage to seven twenty or to 15 an hour in Florida do all those people that were making $15 an hour now bump up to 20 or 25 because, because, you know, like and that's, going to be a, that's going to be a decision made by each individual, individual business. Um, and, but you're probably going to have a lot of pissed off employees. If, if now you're like, well, they were making half of what I was because I'm doing a different job than them. I'm their boss. I'm their, you know, whatever it is. And, and now we're making the same amount. Now I deserve a raise because they got a raise and that's going to happen. And that's going to be challenging too. But a store manager's got to pick their battles, man. Yeah, at the same battles now. At the same time, what else has been challenging is people having to survive on seven twenty five an hour. So impossible. Again, it's not going to please everyone, but to me, this is a very, very good move. I'm not, I'm not a huge socialist, but I think that there, there needs to be a recognition of when too much is too much in excess and a redistribution of funds. 
we're not going to get into this now because we don't have the time. But if we do have a $738 billion military budget and we live in a country where healthcare is not free, whereas other countries' healthcare is free, there is a problem. That's what not using your surplus does. That's a, a larger problem that exists today is that the American dream is not, uh, it's not available to everyone. And it's not available to many. And it's very, yeah. very available. In fact, like almost like over, it is overly available for certain select people who grew up in a, you know, Donald Trump got his small loan of a million dollars from his dad. More than a million dollars. It was definitely more, but either way, such a tiny loan. Are you kidding me? Like who else gets that opportunity? Who else can afford, who else's parents can afford them to loan a million dollar house will always be a respectable house. If you buy a million dollar house in San Even Francisco, in you might get a shoebox, but that's the but only it's a nice shoe you're box. getting a shoebox. Yeah. It's a nice shoebox. So, Same with New York. That's still a million dollars. Um, but I think overall, this is going to be really good, but it's going to take time for us to, to adjust accordingly and figure it out um, and to figure out where to price things and to figure out. Um, how, to, how to run a small business with, with paying higher wages. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. The one, thing, I, so I'll be, the one thing that shocked me, um, there was a number of things like we have, we're not going to be releasing wolves in Colorado, but <laughs> <laughs> outside and of that, and pitbulls, and pitbulls, and pitbulls, yeah, pitbulls coming back. <laughs> um, you know, all good things, I guess. Nah, nah, they're not all good things. There's going to be a lot of fucking fucked up toddlers thinking pit There's going to be a lot of kids sweet. with missing eyeballs. Joe Biden won, and a big reason that he won is because certain states flipped. And namely, the one that shocked me the most was Georgia. Yep. Right? Georgia Democrat, what was it? First time Ahmaud in Ahmaud Arbery, years. scene of the crime, Georgia. The scene of the crime for the shooting of Ahmaud Arbery. The South. Saved this nation from its most recent. I mean, round of applause for that. Hey, y'all yeah, showed up so, in full force. Y'all showed up in full, full force. force. Now, my initial thought, my initial thought on that was, thank you, Atlanta, like Atlanta, Georgia. And there was, there was a few ATL. other like cities and counties that kind of like, you know. Now, that shit was ATL almost single-handedly yeah, putting the team on. That is their back. salt, babe. But that shit was ATL to the max, right? And we all know what ATL is. It's Black Hollywood. So at the end of the day, yep. like the blackest yep, city yep. in America saved America. Once again, black people saved this nation. Thank you. Thank, us. Thank you, you clap, yeah, clap for us. Thank you, young thug. Thank you, all the black women out there that live in ATL. Thank you, Donald um, Thank you, Tyler Perry and the Tyler Perry Studios, because, you know, that brought in a lot of work, a lot of black employees, and they voted because they got money. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's a lot of things that are implied there. And I think the biggest implication, honestly, is that, like, or the biggest thing to notice is that black Hollywood – Right, saved America. Wow, that's a soundbite. <laughs> uh, historically, a lot of black people do not vote, um, and I I think I know why. Uh, but but obviously that changed a little bit this election. Obviously, you know our, our vice president, black woman. Um, we've got a leader that that's that's black. That I think that's a difference. But to me, it's like uh, now now you've you've. Uh, You've got a potential now. Now that our country's looking at racism finally a little bit, um, now 
now it's now it now it's starting to matter how you vote because before it was like it doesn't matter who i'm voting for the system the country will continue to screw me right and so why would i why would i offer up my effort and my voice if you don't give me one if you're not ever giving me one so that's why i think more more communities of color came out to vote this time but i'm curious what what do you all think on that why why did why did atl turn out hard because it just so happens to be a city which you can associate a lot of stardom with and like tayo said it is one of the blackest cities in the u.s like phoenix Phoenix and arizona was also another one that shocked us yep there's a correlation like one of the running themes uh, even before people were starting to pay attention to the election was the concept of black ownership, people taking ownership, right? And that's what ownership looks like. For anybody who doesn't know this, look up Tyler Perry's massive complex, Huge. right? For, for black Hollywood. Uh, it's probably the maybe second, second or third most notable rap city with the most rich rappers. And so you have a lot of black ownership congregated in one area. And so that thought that, okay, we won't ever get ahead. They'll continue to screw us. That was just completely blown away by the amount of people who you never thought would tell you to go vote. If I'm somebody in the projects and I look up to those people if i'm hearing gucci man tell me to go vote i'm like who the fuck i mean okay and i was like you vote you all right if i hear young thug tell me to vote if i hear ti tell me to vote if i hear donald glover like made the show atlanta tell me to vote all right i'm gonna go get my ass out and vote i'm gonna mail some shit in i'm there yeah, it gets sent to everybody. It gets sent to everyone. Fuck it. I'm going to fill this shit out. I won't throw it away. I'm going to walk it to this box. That's going to be my contribution. Lo and behold, what was previously the South with a dirty F and the murder of Ahmad Arbery turned out to be one of the most pivotal states in terms of importance in the entire election. Atlanta, you are the reason we do not have a racist as president again. So shout out to y'all. Yeah. Shout out to y'all. And Phoenix is also one of the fastest growing cities. It's densely populated by black people. Um, I just looked it up. Atlanta is the fourth fastest growing, which when you consider the fact that the top three, New York, LA, and, and Chicago are always, you know, just skyrocket metropolises yeah they don't yeah right it's like for it to be number four fastest growing it's growing really fast right in the past was it 10 years it's grown by like 700 something it went from 5.3 to 6 million so it's grown by 700,000 people and you know all those folks are black (laughs) you know what i'm saying and if not black it's like they're 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 you know they're they're black aligned right it's the light skin a bunch of folks who who are down with the cause you know what i'm saying so it's like the city changed to the point it's changing to the point that the you know the rest of the state doesn't fucking matter anymore and it's i mean georgia i'm from the south georgia is georgia is racist like just call it what it is georgia is like the south and they you know confederate flags still fly proudly yep you know, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, like those, that trio, that's a triplet you don't fuck with. Deanna is kind of the cousin that, that'll kill you if they don't. 
So it's like, yeah, you, and know, those, you don't mess with. Yeah, you don't mess with those. Right. So it's like for it to switch like this and for it to, you know, in the first time in 20 years, I think the last time that they um, that they elected a Democrat was Bill Clinton. Right. The man that played the saxophone on a black man's TV show. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> that was a big deal. Right. Um, and then to the point that, that DeMar was making, like black ownership and black wealth has increased exponentially, continues to do so. So, and I think that's a, this is a testament to that. Like we're seeing that played out now. And of course the super just was just right with the pandemic, allowing people to vote remotely and mail-in ballots and everything was just perfect for, for where like Atlanta said, oh, you thought we were done? But it, it just goes to show like in the different conversation, but the electoral college is really, um, you know, really interesting when, when. Outdated. Yeah, right, right. Outdated. Um, super outdated. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it so much depends on like the distribution of demographics in, in different States, uh, which Very is, much. which is, you know, really, really a, a important thing to note, but all right. Those are yeah three pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild uh, finishes to the election. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here at, at our individual cribs, you know, because we're, we're, uh, we're trying to be a little yes, COVID, COVID friendly this time. And, um, yeah, we got that whole thing to deal with too. So, you know, yeah, we'll the numbers are back on the rise. So we have to be back. They're huge. Groups. They're they're huge out here. Um, so, so what, you know, that's the whole thing that, that we're going to have to solve coming up too. Together. It hasn't really been solved at all <laughs> in this country and others it has. Uh, but in this one, my God, we are, we're, we're, we're ha- we have more cases and deaths than we ever have on a daily rate. Um, you know, tell our, you what, Biden's about to go really, really hard. Yeah, shit's going to shut all the way back down. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of so, scared, honestly. We need yeah. it, but I'm kind of scared. He's about it, to it's go. T- yeah, again, it's not a win. It's not a, like, win-win situation for everyone out there. And don't don't buy all the toilet paper again because I needed some just as a normal person. <laughs> how is that, like, the thing that you're like, okay, we're going to be stuck at home. I need a bunch of toilet paper. Why not food? I don't know. It's not even healthy for you. You need to get a bidet, honestly. Bidet. Fire that Oh, you're going to – don't take the French way out. Here's the only thing you need to hear about a bidet. If, if your dog took a shit on your concrete driveway, would you grab it with paper towels or would you wash it off with a hose? Get a bidet. Are you your ass concrete? No. Would you, would, you, would you take a paper towel and wipe poop off concrete or would you use a hose? You eat I'll shit for that. breakfast? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. what with who? <laughs> What's the basis? All right. Nobody understood me out there. I'd lick it up with my tongue. You're into some, o- you're into some other shit then? You're into some other stuff? that we put it on a later. saltine and eat it. Cheese <laughs> 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 and crackers with that hoe. So D- DMB signing off. <laughs>